not only do we appreciate cows for everything that they do for us, you know, a lot of people who raise cattle for 4-H and FFA projects know that, you know, they're they're just like dogs. And anyone who's seen my TikToks or others have seen that, you know, they're very social animals. And if you can learn to read their body language, just like any other animal or really any human, you can learn that they're actually very, very docile creatures and that they often just get nervous around people that they haven't been exposed to very often. And that that nervousness often comes off as aggression when really it's not. Welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and today's episode's all about cows. I know I'm a day late, but I still wanted to get an episode out about Cow Appreciation Day because we did it in our first season, and I wanted to kind of give homage to that episode. It's just me today. I don't have a guest, but I figured it might be kind of nice to uh, change of pace and a little bit of a break from our theory series just to kind of talk about cows and my appreciation for them and kind of why they're one of, if not my favorite animal. So let's hop right into it. Well, all of us kind of know what a cow is. You know, at some point growing up, we all were around cows, you know, whether or not you were raised around them, we all kind of knew what they were from TV, from books, you know, from that sort of thing. So why are cows so interesting? I mean, I think it's kind of an interesting question because cows were one of the earliest domesticated animals in human history. I don't believe they're the first, although they very well could have been. I'm not entirely sure, but at some point, Along the line, after the development of, of agriculture, we decided that it would be smart for us to domesticate these creatures. And really, it's it's not really much of a surprise why. You know, they provide milk, they provide leather, their skin can be used for clothing or for, you know, all kinds of different applications. Leather is useful for so many different things. And not to mention, they provide meat. And they provide a lot more meat per animal than any other livestock animal we've ever been able to effectively produce. So... I mean, it makes sense why we domesticated domesticated cows so early, but it's not just that. I mean, there's so many other applications to cattle that really go unnoticed when when it comes to human history. One of the common things that I've been advocating for lately is getting agriculture more more effectively integrated into other subjects. So history, math, English, you know, science, all that kind of stuff. And I don't I don't I don't mean to say that we need absolute you know full-on integration, you know, that every history lesson has to have an agricultural tie or that everything we talk about in a science classroom has to be related to agriculture. That's not what I mean. But I think that oftentimes in schools, we have a hard time associating subjects that we're learning with real applications. You hear all the time, why should I learn this if it's not going to apply to me? That's a really common phrase that I think could be mitigated if we incorporated agriculture into it. Because Think about it. Agriculture is our food. It's, you know, the application of the real world in the most literal sense. Anything we're learning in school can be applied to agriculture. And so that could be an easy way to associate the real world with the concepts that we're learning in school and make them easier for a lot of students to understand the purpose of. So history is one that I kind of want to touch a little bit on today because we've been talking about the theory episode and or episodes rather than the theory series. And in the theory series, we've been going over the history of the urban-rural split and how agriculture has gone from this, you know, very integral part of society to now being 
less prioritized, which, you know, has happened for a variety of reasons, which we've, which we've been talking about. Actually, next week, we'll have an episode coming out on the relationship between agriculture and social media. And I'm really excited for that episode. I think it's gonna be really interesting. But as we kind of explore the history of agriculture, we'll start to see that our relationship with livestock has had a massive impact on how agriculture has formed as a whole. And not just any livestock, but cattle in particular have really paved the way for agriculture to become what it is today. I mean, if you think about it, one of the most famous agricultural-based heroes or cultural heroes, I mean, we have like cultural heroes like, you know, ninjas and samurai and pirates and, you know, knights, and we have all these different ideas of what we consider cultural heroes. Well, the Western version of that is the cowboy. I mean, he's got cow right in the name. Cowboy is, is, you know, something that a lot of people who live in Western societies, and even some in non-Western societies, strive to be like. And the cowboys have had a very long history with, you know, being based in, in not just, you know, settler regions, but also in Native American regions. There's a lot of adaptation from from Native American life into, uh, you know, the cowboy culture. The westernized culture has made up a lot of what we consider American culture. Um, I mean, it's rodeos today are still one of the most common uh, westernized sports in, you know, in, in the United States. It's one of those things that's just, you know, we, we kind of think about how cool cowboys are and how, you know, Western you know civilization has evolved a lot since the days of the cowboys. Not that cowboys are gone, they're definitely still here, but they're not nearly as common as they used to be. But we never really think about what made the cowboys what they are. I mean, like again, if we look at their name, it's literally cowboy. It's, you know, a combination of two words that idealize exactly what they stood for, their cattle and their, you know, their, their livelihood as, as humans. As we kind of look at our domestication of cattle, we realize that they played a massive role in our history. I mean, how many products can we say today that, you know, come from cows? Obviously, we have the obvious ones like milk, we have meat, we have leather that gets turned into a large variety of things. But not just that, we have a lot of things that people tend to not even notice. So like the plastic that makes up computer chips that we use in everyday life in our phones, our computers, and all all other sorts of technology that comes from cattle too. It comes from synthesized uh, fat, you know, from from cattle. The bones that come from cattle are used for a variety of different things. Their their hooves are used for uh, dog bones and that sort of thing. Their horns, similar purpose. You know, cattle are used for so many different things, and that's just in terms of their products. Before they get you know put on the chopping block, cattle are used for a variety of things as well. Before we adapted modern agricultural technology, we used cattle as draft animals. You know, we use them to pull heavy machinery through the fields and to try to plow and, you know, do a variety of, of, you know, cultivation methods that we didn't have access to the technology to do on our own yet. So that was huge. And that's actually kind of the origin of of the term ox that we use so often. I found this out recently through doing some of my uh, educational TikToks that, Oxen are not a separate animal like I always thought they were. Oxen are a term used to describe cattle. It's actually a steer, which is a bull that's been castrated that's older than three years old and is used as a draft animal. So it's, I thought that was really interesting that we have created this term to, to exist as a separate animal, but in reality, it's been cattle all along. Like, I always thought the oxen were like bison or like something kind of along those lines. But no, they're just the same as, you know, any Angus or Hereford or Holstein or Jersey that we've you know, seen out on the dairies and the beef ranches. But they just use a different purpose. They're used for a different purpose, sorry. And it really made me think about how much cattle have really been tied into our history for so long. I mean, 
one of my friends and I were recently talking about the origins of certain languages because I've been learning Italian, uh, she's been learning Spanish, and I know bits and pieces of Spanish, and so we've been kind of talking about the languages and how they're both Latin-based and, you know, the Latin versions of words compared to the Italian and Spanish versions of those words versus the English version of those words. It's been really fun. But one of the things that she mentioned to me, and I, I'm not even going to try to say the words because I don't remember how they're pronounced, I don't want to pronounce them incorrectly, but the original Latin translation for currency includes the latin root for cow so even in in the earliest days of language we associated cows with having high value because we use them as currency we use them to trade with we use them to determine how how wealthy somebody was we've always associated cattle not just livestock but specifically cattle with being of high status and that more than anything is is worthy of a cow appreciation day episode i mean not only do we appreciate cows for everything that they do for us, you know, a lot of people who raise cattle for 4-H and FFA projects know that, you know, they're they're just like dogs. And anyone who's seen my TikToks or others have seen that, you know, they're very social animals. And if you can learn to read their body language, just like any other animal or really any human, you can learn that they're actually very, very docile creatures and that they often just get nervous around people that they haven't been exposed to very often. And that that nervousness often comes off as aggression when really it's not. And because of how people react to that aggression, it tends to escalate and, you know, that's how people tend to get hurt. I mean, there's a, there's a statistic about how cattle kill people, um, cattle kill more people on average than sharks do, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, sharks are dangerous creatures, but how often are people in the ocean compared to how often are people around cattle? There's millions, probably trillions of, of cattle across the world that people are working with on a daily basis, people aren't in the water every day with sharks, at least not very many of them. So cattle can be dangerous, but if we have an understanding of what they do and, and how they behave, they're really docile creatures and they're incredibly well behaved and they're they're almost like dogs in a sense. You know, they're very relaxing to be around, they're very friendly, very social, very curious, and despite popular belief, they're incredibly intelligent as well. And so that begins to beg a question, you know, what is the best way to appreciate cows? You know, we, we've always said that cows are used as animals for, for meat production, which is true. It, they're used for animals for milk production and all these different things. It's absolutely true. So can we appreciate them and still use them as meat and, and dairy products? And I believe that we can, actually. I think that that's actually the best way to appreciate them. You'll hear oftentimes, you know, people who are more on, on the animal rights activist side of things, the vegan, you know, types of, types of ideology, that it's impossible to appreciate something and exploit it at the same time. And I think that depends on your definition of appreciation and, ex and exploitation. I think it would only be considered exploitation if we were not appreciating them. I think it's true. You know, you can't appreciate and exploit at the same time. But you can appreciate and still utilize their resources you know we can still milk cows and treat them like they're a member of the family i know quite a few dairymen who actually think of their cows as more a family than some of their actual distant family members and i can't tell you how many dairymen have so have entered severe mental health you know states or have even lost their lives because of their severe depression over losing their cows it's not an easy thing to do, and I know that it sounds contradicting, you know, if they get so sad about losing their cows, why do they send them off to be slaughtered? That's not the same thing. You know, we, we send animals off to slaughter whenever they are at a point where they could no longer live a healthy life. You know, we don't 
we don't want them to suffer. You know, obviously, if, if we have a steer that's 1,400 pounds and he's having a hard time walking, we don't want to see him suffer, so we send him off to go feed a lot of hungry people. You know, one one fully fed steer can feed a family of five for an entire year, just with, just off of the amount of meat it produces alone. A cow, which is actually, you know, a dairy cow is actually what makes up most of the meat that we consume, at least in the U.S., and I believe in other countries as well, can feed some something similar. It's, it's probably going to be slightly less, maybe not for a whole year, but they still produce so much meat that we can just utilize nonstop. But we don't just send them whenever we want to. We send cows whenever they're done milking, you know, whenever they, they're too old to milk or have babies, and they're starting to get to a point where they really can't do a whole lot on their own anymore because we don't want them to suffer. At the end of the day, again, they are still our friends, you know. I have, I have a friend whose Twitter bio is cows are friends and food, and honestly, I think that's the best way you can describe it, you know. Cattle are our allies. They're companions. We treat them as if they are companions if you've ever worked with them. You know, we can go up and pet cows and play with them. I used to play with my steers all the time when I was in FFA. You know, I would chase them around the pen, and we would play tag or soccer or, you know, we would go for walks on all the time, and if he if he wanted to go for a run, I'd let him go for a run, and I'd go catch him and bring him back into his pen and do it all over again. But at the same time, they can be serious. You know, sometimes when they're scared, you need to find ways to calm them down quickly, or else you or the animal will get hurt. At times, they know how to work, and you know, dairy cows. When it's time to milk, they will go and, and get milked, and they won't complain. And the thing is, people often say about how you know we like to force cattle into doing things. Cattle are incredibly strong animals. I mean, like, incredibly strong. If they wanted to get away, there's not a whole lot that can stop them. You know, a full-grown cow can knock over a full-grown man without even hesitating. It's it's not that we're exploiting them and that they're just beaten into submission. If they wanted to, they could pretty much kill whoever they whoever got in their way. They've realized, just like we have, that we have a mutual relationship, that, that we value them, but they also value us because we feed them and we keep them safe. Cattle have evolved to a point now where if we just let them go into the wild, they probably wouldn't survive very long. And so they realize that, hey, if we hang out with these guys, they'll milk us, that way we don't get sick, they'll take care of our babies for us, that way they don't die out here with us, just in case you know we, we forget about them or in case we can't feed them enough. They'll feed us and keep our pens clean that we don't get sick and we're healthy and, and fed. They'll give us fans and misters to try to keep us cool whenever it's hot outside. They give us plenty of room to run around and exercise, plus other friends to hang out with. And when we start to get to a point where our life really isn't that great anymore, they don't let some animal just come in and kill us. They help us find the most peaceful release possible. And really, I can't think of a better life for a cow. We're constantly improving technology and finding ways to keep, you know, keep our cows healthier and happier all the time. Because as anyone knows, happy cows produce happy milk. And the same goes for all livestock. Happy animals produce happy products. A happy steer produces happy beef. We can't afford to not keep them happy and healthy. And it's not just a profit thing. From a moralistic standpoint, we can't afford to do that. I mean, I think that most people by now realize that farmers, or at least those involved in agriculture, are often very religious or off, or at least often very family oriented and very community oriented and therefore have a very strong moral compass. It wouldn't sit right with them to treat an animal in a way that would violate their moral code. I don't know any farmer that rightfully thinks the animal should be treated in any way that is not 
productive, that is not helpful to them, that is not caring and, and gentle and, and compassionate. But that goes back to the conversation about we can be compassionate to these animals and we can still utilize their resources after they're no longer with us. And I know I use a lot of terms that people would would uh, would prefer I not use, but you have to go about these conversations very carefully. You know, these animals are meant to be appreciated. You know, I, I I can't tell you how many times that I was stressed out in high school and I would just go out and see my steers and just lay in their pens with them and just hang out and clean their pen and just kind of relax with them. Sure, I got hurt a few times. You know, if I, if my steer was scared and they kicked me, it happened. If my steer was mad and they tried to run away and I wouldn't let them, sometimes I got dragged around a few times. I got thrown into the fences. I got pushed into, you know, water troughs. I got knocked over. I got kicked. I got stepped on. Like, it happens, you know. It's, it's just part of working with animals that are larger than you. And oftentimes, they don't mean to. You know, it's very rare that, that these animals intend to hurt you. And I trusted my animals all the time. It actually usually wasn't even my steers that would hurt me. It was usually steers that other people owned that I would take care of because they weren't doing a good enough job with them. And that's a conversation as well. You know, if, if you're going to raise cattle, if you're going to raise livestock, you have to have an appreciation for them. And that includes knowing how to take care of them and keep them as happy and healthy as possible. And unfortunately, I knew several students my age that didn't really do that. And so I would, you know make an effort to make sure that those animals knew that they were cared for as well. I really can't describe how much I appreciate cows. You know, I, I've grown up around them my whole life. I was raised around dairies and, you know, playing with the calves and feeding and helping, you know, fix hutches and, uh, you know, just playing with, you know, seeing all the calves grow up and seeing all the cows get milked. And it's just always been part of my life. I think that cattle, at least in my opinion, are one of the best livestock animals to hang out around horses are definitely probably top of the list for most people and I, I would agree horses are very fun to hang out around but cattle have such a unique personality you know people see them as such simplistic creatures but there's so much complexity to them i mean just their stomach alone has four compartments that all have different jobs that function in such weird ways they're such incredible animals and when i tell people that cattle are as complex as they are, they usually kind of look at me funny because they don't realize just how much goes into a cow, you know, like not just, you know, milk production, not just beef production, but everything, you know, how the calf gets produced, how to feed them properly, how, you know, when I tell people that a lot of the cows that are raised on the dairies around where I grew up have better diets than I do, or better diets than most people do, they kind of look at me funny because they think that cows just kind of eat grass. Yes, kind of, but they eat a lot of things, you know. There's so much that goes into their diet because we need them to be healthy and happy and strong, and we want them to live long lives. And that part of the equation just kind of gets left out, you know. People tend to have these conversations about cattle and, you know, what we do with them is wrong and all this kind of stuff, and they forget that we do everything we absolutely can to give them the best lives possible. I guarantee you, you know, the deer out in the forest, the bison out on the range, the, you know, all those animals that are similar in terms of biology to, to cattle, they're living out on their own. They're not having lives nearly as, as secure and happy as, as the cows are. You know, deer are constantly on the run from predators. You know, bison are, are constantly having to defend themselves. Cattle at times will have predators here and there, but more often than not, they're so secure and happy in, in their little area and, you know, don't get me wrong, they, there are still cattle that get to be let out into the wild and, you know, get to go graze on, on the ranges up in the mountains and that sort of thing. But, like, 
they're so much more content than most wildlife that I've seen. Now, there's a conversation to be had about range cattle. If you take cattle off of the mountains and expose them to people, they tend to not take it too kindly, which can't say I blame them. If you took me off of somewhere that I'm used to and put me somewhere where I don't know anybody and I see a bunch of weird creatures I've never seen before, I'm probably going to freak out a little bit too. But it begs the question of why there's such this distinct conversation about how we're mistreating cattle in the agriculture industry. I don't really know where it comes from. I get that there's a lot of videos out there about cows and cattle or calves being abused or separated or like all this kind of stuff, but if people just spent a few minutes to go onto a farm and to talk to a farmer about their cattle, if they spent just a few minutes to hang out with the cattle themselves, if they spent, you know, just any any measure, uh, metric of time talking to, you know, anyone who spent any time with cattle, they would realize that those are not evil people, that those cattle are not abused, that in fact they are probably in better shape than most of their animals on that operate or sorry, most of their animals on most other operations. You know, like goats and sheep and pigs, like you know, they're they're all well taken care of, but cattle are, are one of the most popular forms of livestock to to take care of, and they have so much going into them. I mean, sheep. I'm not I'm not saying that sheep, goats, and, and pigs are not taken care of, at, you know, as well as cattle are. They definitely are, and I think that's mostly just because in my area, cattle are super common. But I just I see these dairymen and these and these ranchers, these, you know, these beef ranchers, take care of their cattle in such a way that just emits compassion. It's like Tyler said in, in the episode we did in the last season. You can go out and look at his dairy. All of his cows, their respiratory rate is regular. They're chewing their cud, which is a strong indication that they're calm and happy. Their misters are always on. They're always laying down or walking around. Uh, when they're walking, they're not stressed or, or in pain. They're walking at a very slow rate. They're eating their food at a regular basis. They're drinking water at a regular basis. All of those things are indicators that they are calm, that they're happy, that they're well cared for. Because if they weren't, we would know. If they're not chewing their cud when they should be, there's a problem. If their breathing is faster or slower than usual, there's a problem. If they're laying down or refusing to get up, there's a problem. If they're not eating you know, when it's dinner time or lunchtime or breakfast time, there's a problem. But we know all those things, and we can poke you know we can we can point those things out when they happen and we can take care of it as it's happening there's actually technology that's coming out right now that allows us to track cattle at a rate that's is so much more efficient that we can pick up when they're sick like almost immediately they're kind of like cow fitbits in that way you know they they wear them around their ankle some of them wear them around their around their neck as like a collar some of them are in ear tags um but they basically track the animals heat signature they, so they can detect temperature changes they can detect how many miles they've walked that day they can detect how much they've eaten or drink and what their temp you know, or uh, what their uh, like uh, activity level has looked like if they've been laying down a lot um what their heart rate has been they can detect all these things about the cattle to tell us if they're happy and healthy, and if they're not, we need to figure out why so we can fix it. At the end of all of this rant, I kind of just wanted to say cows are an incredible animal. They've been with us since the very beginning of agriculture, and they will continue to be with us until the very end of agriculture. There's always talks about getting rid of cattle, about you know how cattle hurt the environment, how they're dangerous, and you know how we need to be... you know eradicating all animal agriculture and this sort of thing and i think that it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a shame that people even think that without spending the time to go on to a dairy to go on to a beef ranch to talk to somebody who's operated something along those lines or to spend time with the cattle themselves i think that if anyone would spend time with cattle they would know that they're 
phenomenal creatures. You know, they're they're incredibly interesting. They're smart. They're funny. They're just a lot of fun to be around. And I think that they've made up a better portion of of the best times of my life. I've always loved cows. I always will love cows, and I always urge others to go out there and see cows if they ever get the chance. I've spent a lot of my time around cattle, and as much as I love other livestock, cattle will always be my favorite. I've always enjoyed taking my steers for walks, milking cows, you know, breeding them, taking care of calves, bottle feeding. I've never not enjoyed working with cattle. You know, there's never been a time that I'm working with cattle that I've thought that I'm in the wrong place. Just because they're so relaxing to be around and they're so much fun to spend time with. So that being said, I hope all of you learned something today that you have gone out and uh, reached out to others about, you know, their cattle if you have access to them. Find a local farmer. Go see their cows. Ask them what they think. Ask them what their, you know, opinions are on their cows. You know, ask if you can go see them. I guarantee you, you're going to find at least one that's going to say, yeah, and they're going to bring you out and talk to you about, you know, they're girls because that's that's kind of how, how how the farmers think of them. You know, they're they're members of the family. I think that this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode because, again, it's kind of a special. But I think that this is an important episode because we talk a lot about, you know, agriculture as an industry. We talk about the technology. We talk about, you know, all of the things that go into producing the food that we produce today. But we oftentimes like to leave out the importance of the conversation about what the farmer thinks of all this stuff and the compassion that goes into the operation and, you know, the care and love we have for our animals. Cows are incredible creatures that I think deserve a lot more appreciation than they often get. And I get that, you know, Cow Appreciation Day is kind of part of this campaign that Chick-fil-A does and all that, but there's a lot of dairymen who would definitely appreciate it more if people saw cows the way that they did. There's a lot of beef ranchers that would love it more if people saw their cows and their steers and their bulls the way that they do. So that's my homework assignment to you guys. Go out there, find some cattle, show them you appreciate them. And even if I am a day late, it doesn't matter. There's never a bad day to appreciate cattle. So thank you all so much for tuning in for this Cow Appreciation Day episode. I hope you had a lot of fun. I always love talking about cows, and if you guys have any questions or anything else you would like to talk about in terms of cattle or just really any topic, feel free to reach out to me. You guys have all my contact information. And if you are uh, interested in coming on and talking more about cows, you know, if you, if you want to do a part two to this guy, then feel free to join me on here. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions or, or hear your thoughts on cattle. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I, I would like to get some kind of guests on here to talk about Cow Appreciation Day a bit more, but just because our first Cow Appreciation Day, we had Abby on there, and I just, I don't think that she was available this week, so uh, we weren't able to get that done, but I always love talking about cows, as, as you guys know, so... Yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, next week we're going back to the Theory Mini series. We're getting the episode about social media out, and that one's going to be really interesting and really exciting, so I hope you guys are ready for it. But uh, yeah, hope to see you all next week, and don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. And thank the cows. Thank you.